Let us turn now in God's holy words to Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 34. Ezekiel chapter 34. As we think about coming before the Lord's table this Sabbath day, we come not as individuals who have nothing to do with each other. We come as one body. We come as one flock gathered by our one shepherd, that great shepherd of our souls. During the week at pre-communion, we looked at what it means to turn to that good shepherd. And very simply, it means to turn away from that which is not good, that which is evil, and to turn toward him who is sweet, who is glorious, and who is wonderful. This morning, It is not ourselves, but it is he who gathers his sheep. He gathers his flock to partake of the sacrament here this morning. He is the one who summons us to worship and to worship before his throne. To sweet communion and fellowship. Yes, with the Father, but also one With another. He is that one true shepherd. Who gathers. His flock. And as we read through this. Part of God's holy word. Let us think about him. He's being contrasted here. With. False shepherds. But he is the true shepherd. Who feeds his sheep. And takes care. Of his people. Ezekiel chapter 34, let us hear God's holy word. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man. Prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, even to the shepherds. Thus says the Lord God. Ah, shepherds of Israel who have been feeding yourselves. Should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with the wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, and with force and harshness you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd and they became food for all the wild beasts. My sheep were scattered. They wandered over all the mountains and on every high hill, my sheep were scattered over all the face of the earth with none to search or seek for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. 
As I live, declares the Lord God, surely because my sheep have become a prey and my sheep have become food for all the wild beasts since there was no shepherd and because my shepherds have not searched for my sheep, but the shepherds have fed themselves and have not fed my sheep. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, behold, I am against the shepherds. And I will require my sheep at their hand and put a stop to their feeding the sheep. No longer shall the shepherds feed themselves. I will rescue my sheep from their mouths, for they may not be food for them. For thus says the Lord God, behold, I, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep, and I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the enemies, from from the countries, and will bring them into their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel by the ravines, and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them with good pasture, and on the mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land. There they shall lie down in good grazing land, and on rich pasture they shall feed on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, And I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed. And I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak. And the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them in justice. As for you, my flock, thus says the Lord God, behold, I will judge between sheep and sheep, between rams and male goats. Is it not enough for you to feed on the good pasture that you must tread down with your feet the rest of your pasture and to drink of clear water? But you must muddy the rest of the water with your feet and must my sheep eat what you have trodden with your feet and drink what you have muddied with your feet? Therefore, thus says the Lord God to them, Behold, I, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep, because you push with side and shoulder and thrust at all the weak with your horns. Till you have scattered them abroad, I will rescue my flock. They shall no longer be a prey. And I will judge between sheep and sheep, and I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David, And he shall feed them. He shall feed them and be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God. And my servant David shall be prince among them. I am the Lord. I have spoken. I will make them a covenant of peace and banish wild beasts from the land so that they may dwell securely in the wilderness and sleep in the woods. And I will make them and the places all round my hill a blessing. And I will send down the showers in their season, and they shall be, there shall be showers of blessing. And the trees of the field shall yield their fruit, 
and the earth shall yield its increase, and they shall be secure in their land, and they shall know that I am the Lord when I break the bars of their yoke and deliver them from the hand of those who enslave them. They shall no more be a prey to the nations, nor shall the beasts of the land devour them. They shall dwell securely, and none shall make them afraid. And I will provide for them renowned plantations, so that they shall no longer be consumed with hunger in the land, and no longer suffer the reproach of the nations. And they shall know that I am the Lord their God with them, and that they, the house of Israel, are my people, declares the Lord God. And you are my sheep, human sheep of my pasture. And I am your God, declares the Lord God. And may the Lord bless the reading of his word. Our text for this morning's message is from verses 11 down to verse 19. Verses 11 down to verse 19 of this chapter that we just read from Ezekiel chapter 34. This passage of scripture takes place during a time of great pain and anguish for God's people. This takes place during the time of the exile. And God's people are away from their home. The sheep are scattered. And much of this had to do with, as we read, from the irresponsible shepherds. From the irresponsible shepherds. And it was a great time of pain because their suffering came from Sin. The sin of the people. This is why they're away from home. And this is why the Babylonians who had come to Judah had taken them away. And now they're in a foreign land. And because of this, they needed a reminding in the book of Ezekiel. That God was not just the God of Israel. He was also the God of wherever they found their feet to be. And don't we need reminding today, friends? Wherever we find ourselves to be, God is the God of every blade of grass and every part of the earth. With this scattering and with this time of great pain for them, They may be tempted to think, is this all normal? This is the way things will always be. And there will be no change for them. Imagine, if you will, that you are part of that generation. Captured by the Babylonians and taken away from Judah. And brought into Babylon. And you and your children were raised there. God is reminding them. It won't always be this way. The disunity, the scatteredness of the sheep, that's a bad sign. It is a sign of sheep with no shepherd. But that disunity, we may be tempted in our own day to think it is normal. To think this this will be forever. 
I say this all because as we come before the table of the Lord here this morning, this is all to bring us together. To bring us together as one flock, one body. Not scattered. The shepherd has brought in his scattered sheep. Bringing us all together. And let us not forget this morning as well as we look at this text. The care and the love and the provision that our shepherd has for our souls. And not only for our own individual souls. For the whole body. For every individual. From the elders, the deacons. And all the way down to the person of the weakest faith. Among us. He gathers because he cares. He gathers because he pities us. He gathers because he loves us. He gathers because he wants to reassure us. He gathers because he wants to build us up. And encourage us here this morning. So whatever you're going through as an individual here this morning. You may often feel alone. And isolated in our current modern world. But as we come before the table, let us do so as one family, as one flock, as one body under that one shepherd who graciously and wonderfully gathers us. Our first point that we're going to be looking at this morning is the shepherd seeks his flock. The shepherd Seeks his flock. The source of all that is good in our lives. Where does it come from? It comes from God. It says in verses 11 and 12 of our text. In Ezekiel 34. For thus says the Lord God. Indeed I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out. His flock on the day he is among his scattered sheep. So will I seek out my sheep and deliver them from all the places where they were scattered on a cloudy and dark day. The source is God. The source of our everything that is good in our lives begins with God. Whenever we we share our testimonies of saving grace. Of how the Lord brought us to know Him. We can so easily think merely about what we experienced. And it's true. We had questions, didn't we? When we came to know the Lord. And perhaps godly Christians answered those questions. But it can all begin to sound, even in our own minds as we're telling our testimony, me, me, me. We can all start to think that the source of us coming to God in the first place begins in our own heart. There's a real danger with that, isn't there? Why are you here this morning to observe the Lord's table? Well, you might be thinking, well, this is just what Christians do. This is just part of 
being a Christian. Or you just say to yourself, I want to. I would, it would be strange not to take the bread and the cup here this morning. People might think I'm strange for not doing so. The beginning and the source of our blessings does not start with our own hearts. If it did, we'd be in a lot of trouble. It begins with God. It begins with a great and wonderful and kind shepherd who cares and loves his sheep and seeks them out. He seeks them out. He sought us out. Often we can think of a person coming to church as a seeker. That term was used a lot in the 1990s. There was a movement called the seeker-sensitive movement. And where that movement went wrong, it saw the seeking in the heart of fallen man. Fallen man never seeks out after God. He seeks out after God once his heart has been changed. And drawn by loving Mercy, the work of the Holy Spirit. But who sought out who? God is the one who is active in seeking out his lost sheep. Notice how they are the lost ones. They are the lost ones. And the shepherd, the great shepherd of our souls, he sought us out. Jesus said this in Matthew 15, 24. I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Jesus was sent for the lost sheep of Israel. That gracious shepherd. And in John 15 verse 16 it says this. You did not choose me. But I chose you. And appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. That your fruit should remain. And that whatever you ask the Father in my name. He may give you. You did not choose me. But I chose you. The beginning of this. The source of this. Yes we can tell our testimony. And yes the Lord drew us. And yes we turned to him. And we saw how lovely he was. But the beginning of it. The source of it was the shepherd seeking out you, changing you, and drawing you. Yes, we turn to the shepherd in salvation. And if you haven't come to him here this morning, come. Come while there is still hope. Come while there is still time. But it is he who is pursuing his sheep And we pursue him when he has changed us. When he has lovingly taken away our heart of stone. And given us a heart of flesh. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. Because we were dead in trespasses and sins. Without hope. Until the shepherd sought us out. It says in Ephesians 2.1. And you he made alive. Who were dead in trespasses and sins. Dead in trespasses and sins. 
So again, I ask the question, why are you here this morning to partake of the bread and the cup? These elements which signify and seal of God's gracious provision, pointing toward our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, how He gave His body, He gave His blood to wash us clean. And also a seal to reassure us of His love, of His care, of His provision. If you have a love for Christ, it is because the shepherd has sought you out. He has sought you out. And if you wish to be fed by him today, praise God. Because it's all of grace and it is all of him who has rescued you. We pursue him. Because he first pursued us. In the news sometimes you will hear of tragic missing people cases. A missing person. And it's heartbreaking. And you'll sometimes see the family many years later. Continuing to search for that missing person. And why do they search for that missing person? Because they love them and they miss them. And another reason as well. Because most often that person wants to be found. That person wants to be found. We are not like that. Until the Lord gives us a new heart. We do not seek him. We do not love him. And we are not seeking out after him at all. It says in Romans 5 verse 6. For when we were still without strength. In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Look at the mercy. Look at the mercy of God. He he didn't just seek out and rescue good people. He sought out and rescued sinners, criminals, who never thought of turning to him, who despised him. And this morning as we come before the bread and the wine. Have we considered his patience with us? His patience. His loving patience. His love. Friends from eternity past. And for all the goodness he has shown towards us. So the second point we're going to look at. The shepherd saves his flock. The shepherd saves his flock. So we looked at the shepherd seeks his flock. And now we're going to look at the shepherd saves his flock. The shepherd who sees that his flock is in trouble. They are in trouble. It says on a cloudy and dark day. He seeks to gather them. He goes out. On a rescue mission. He yearns to take care of them. It says in. Verses 12 and 13 of our text. uh, Chapter 34. As a shepherd seeks out his flock on the day. He is among his scattered sheep. So will I seek out my sheep. And deliver them from all the places. Where they were scattered. On a Cloudy and dark day. 
And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries. And I will bring them to their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, in the valleys, and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them. I will bring them to their own land, remembering the context, remembering where they were. Exiles, away from home, scattered, homesick. When we hear of a cloudy and dark day in verse 12, they were scattered on a cloudy and dark day at the end of verse 12. We think of trouble coming, don't we? When you see dark clouds ahead, you, you run for home. You get your umbrella as quickly as you possibly can. When we think of stormy weather. We think of the removal of light. And we think of danger. We think of gloomy. This certainly happened in Judah. When they were encircled by the Babylonian army. Which came and took many of them away from their home. This foreign army was used as an instrument of God's judgment. An instrument of God's judgment. God brought his judgment to bear upon the land. And near the end then. As recorded in the book of Lamentations. Jerusalem. That heartbreaking judgment. For we do not deserve the least of his mercies. Storms are scary. Especially violent ones. During thunder and lightning storms around the world. um, The noise alone would make you jump out of your seat. The power, the sheer power of... We sometimes say nature, don't we? But this is... God, who is doing all these things. In Ireland, for weather, we get a bit of everything, don't we? Even sometimes on the same day. And we don't quite see how terrifying thunder and lightning. It might last for about five or ten minutes. But in some parts of the world, it, it would make you hide. And people don't go out in a thunder and lightning storm. It's something that cannot be tamed and certainly cannot be controlled. If we are not saved by the shepherd, if we are not rescued by him, this wrath of God is against us. In this world, does the wrath, if you are not a believer here this morning, If you don't believe in Jesus Christ, the wrath of God is upon you. But the fullness of that wrath comes in the world to come. That is a terrifying reality. That is a terrifying storm. That is a terrifying dark day. So the shepherd must rescue us. Must rescue us from ourselves. From what we have done. 
We are all spiritually, morally and otherwise in trouble. We're all in trouble and we're in trouble because of what we have done. We can't look to other people. Our lot in life is a lot better than we deserve. Do you see this? He wants to rescue his sheep from blindness. Opening their eyes to his love. Delivering them from their own sins. And the consequences of these sins. Here are the consequences of Israel's sins and Judah's sins. Visiting them in the form of an army. Sin has consequences. Sin brings God's displeasure. The breaking of God's law demands justice. Jesus Christ. The one who the bread and the cup here this morning points towards. He paid what we deserve. All his sheep. All his flock. He gave himself. He gave his life. He died. I don't know if we really think about that. The word made flesh. And dwelt among us. And he died. What love. How many shepherds do you know would die. For their sheep. He took what we deserve. He took that cloudy and dark day. And he paid it all for us. Number three, the shepherd strengthens his flock. The shepherd strengthens his flock. So he seeks, he saves, he strengthens, he strengthens. Now he doesn't just forgive us. That would be amazing by itself considering our sin. And the one against whom we have sinned against. That forgiveness by itself, that rescue of us, amazing by itself. But he does more than that. He doesn't just leave you to your own devices in this world. Verses 14 down to 16. I will feed them in good pasture. And their fold shall be on the high mountains of Israel. There they shall lie down in a good fold and feed in rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I will feed my flock and I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. I will seek what was lost and bring back what was driven away. Bind up the broken and strengthen what was sick. But I will destroy the fat and the strong and feed them in judgment. It would just be amazing if we just stopped the message here and said, He sought you and rescued you. And if it was no more, that alone would be worthy of all praise, all the honor, and all the glory. But there's more. This morning, as we come before the Lord's table, there's more. As we look toward the bread and the cup, this covenant meal, the Lord has graciously given us. He doesn't just leave you there. And I want us to think about this for a second. What do sheep need? If you just think of sheep. Sheep need, they need grass, don't they? They need food. 
or else they're in a lot of trouble. Or else they're in a lot of trouble. Verse 14, I will feed them in good pasture. I will feed them in good pasture. They need food. They need good food. Not just any kind of food. If we don't eat, what happens to us? We become weak. We become sick. If we eat badly, if we eat bad food, that makes us sick and even ill. Well, if that happens to our physical bodies, can it not also happen to our soul? If we consume junk food, as it will, people will see it. There will be a change. We need good food from that good shepherd. This shepherd has gathered us here this morning. Because he wants us to be strengthened by this good food. To be reassured by this good food. And so we won't be weak and discouraged in the work of the kingdom. The bread and the cup, they nourish us, don't they? They nourish us. Think of a hungry soul. He hasn't eaten for a long time and he comes and he finds bread. So important. Keeps us going. And he has given us his body. He nourishes us. He has given us himself. He meets us spiritually at the Lord's table. He strengthens his flock. Because we don't want to just think, friends, this morning, that this is some outward ceremony alone. That we're just doing this just to remember things. No, we are really, truly meeting with God. Communion with God. Fellowship with God. We, don't, we can't even wrap our minds around it, but it encourages us. This is good Food for our souls. And it says in verse 14. Through this they find rest. I will feed them in good pasture. Verse 14. And their fold shall be on the high mountains. There they shall lie down in a good field. Now if there's predators. Or if the sheep feel in trouble. They don't particularly want to lie down. If they don't feel comfortable. If they don't feel at ease, sheep lie down when they feel at ease. When there's no predators around. And when their shepherd is there. And when they've had a good meal and they're satisfied. Something the ungodly shepherds never did. The ungodly shepherds, rather they fed on the sheep themselves. And they fed themselves. The guidance and gathering of the true shepherd. The the caring of the true shepherd. He relieves, doesn't he? Worry. When we trust in him and we spend time with him. When we feed on him through the word of God. We want more of him. When we've been changed by him. Perhaps you are here this morning. Perhaps you're struggling with all this. Perhaps, yes, you are a Christian, but you're going through a messy time. And and you just feel like you take one step in front of another and one mess after another comes. 
And you might look at the Lord's table today and think, oh boy, I should not come. This is a bad idea. That's, that's for the stronger Christians. That's for those people over there. I need to be more like him and then I can partake of the Lord's Supper. It's for weak and needy sinners. It's to strengthen you up. I know I've had those thoughts years ago myself. I struggled with this. None of us in ourselves are good enough to come. But because of Christ, we are worthy to come. He is here for the broken and the sick. The broken and the sick. Verse 16. I will seek what was lost and bring back which was driven away. Bind up the broken. That may be you here this morning. Bind up the broken. And strengthen what was sick. There may be embarrassing sins from your past. Did you think how can I be a Christian? And do these things. And yes sin is grievous. But. He takes care of the weak. If we think of regular farming. Having a sick animal is not desirable, is it? If you have a sick animal and a weak animal, you probably don't want it around. But the Lord doesn't forsake us. He binds up the weak. He helps those who are sick. On the farm, there are food. Here, he gives himself as the food. He heals us. He binds us up. No we are not enough. To come before the Lord's table in ourselves. But in Christ. We must come before the table. And be fed. And be strengthened by him. Final point here this, this morning is. The shepherd sets apart his flock. Sets apart his flock. This shepherd. Knows his sheep. Knows his sheep. And as we said in in the pre-communion address. That knows is far more than just having knowledge about you. And having information about you. He has an intimate knowledge of you. He knows you. In a saving relationship. And he judges righteously. Verse 17. But as for you, O my flock, thus says the Lord God. Behold, I shall judge Between sheep and sheep. Between rams and goats. He knows what your spiritual health is. He judges between sheep and sheep. He knows what is going on in your walk. And I would encourage you here this morning. As you come before the table of the Lord. Do not play games with God. Do not play games with God. We meet with the risen Christ at the table of the Lord. Here in the elements of bread and the cup pointing towards Christ and his perfect sacrifice. He gave himself. He gave himself. And he knows those whom he died for. He knows that he judges between sheep and sheep. And he also between rams and goats. And are you this morning a sheep? Are you one of his flock Do you belong to him? Because a sheep listens to the voice 
of his shepherd. But a goat does not. A goat does not. Friends, he knows what you're like when you're not at church. The shepherd. He knows what you're like when you are alone. He knows what you are like what you are like when you're alone with your wife or your husband or your children or your grandchildren or your friends who are not Christians. He knows what you are like in all circumstances. There's no fooling God. And this morning, you may not be as strong as everybody else may think you are. Come humbly. Come trusting Jesus alone. Come for help. You may be a believer. You may desperately need his help. Come humbly. Come even this morning and saying, Oh Lord, forgive me in this area of my life. The table is not the place to play games. Come for help. He knows those who are really his, who belong to him, who are his sheep. It says in our Westminster Confession of Faith, the purest churches under heaven are subject both to mixture and error. Subject to both mixture and error. And that is saying something which the scripture attests to. And it's more than just, well, no church is perfect. And we agree with that. No church is perfect. But most likely in the greatest churches, there are those who, to all appearances, outwardly they're Christians, but inwardly they are not. There are people who no one suspects as being lost, but they may be. They have convinced everyone, but they have not been born again. And inwardly they're still in rebellion against God. It is a scary thought. And it is those people. When they come to eat of this good food. This is what is the reality of it. Verse 18. Verse 18 of our text. It is, is it too little for you. To have eaten up the good pasture. That you must tread down with your feet. The residue of your pasture. And To have drunk of the clear waters that you must foul the residue with your feet. If you do not believe in Jesus Christ and you come to partake of the bread and the cup here this morning. You are basically trampling this good food under your feet. This will only benefit you by faith and by faith alone in Jesus Christ. Because for the unbeliever at the table there is only condemnation. And nothing else. But for the believer there is help. For the weakest of believers there is help. In 1 Corinthians 11 verse 27 it says this. Therefore whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner. Will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup Examine yourself. Examine yourself. Are you looking with the eye of faith toward Jesus Christ? Or are you looking somewhere else? In conclusion. 
What a blessing it is to be here. What a blessing. It is a tremendous privilege to be coming to the Lord's table. It is a wonderful thing that the Lord has given us. He has gathered us to feed us. He has gathered us to take care of us. And he has gathered us to strengthen us. Good, there is good food here for believers. There is wonderful food here for believers. And if you're a believer here this morning, if you're trusting in Jesus Christ and in him alone, come for encouragement. Come for strengthening. Come for reassurance. Come for comfort. Come for joy. Come that those worries that are plaguing you here this morning would be lessened. And that he would reassure you of his love, his care, and his mercy. That even death cannot take you away from his grip. Even death. Amen.